evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to this episode of Stories from the Vortex. I'm Matthew Kressel, and I'm joined once again by Mary Lang. Hello. And in a surprising return from the one, the only, Robert Haynes. I'm no one special. I'm no one important. Now that quote will make more sense in context here in a minute. <laughs> now, as you may have guessed from the music that just opened this episode, we are going to be venturing once again beyond the realms of Big Finish's Doctor Who output to look at something that we reviewed uh, last year that was very, very popular, uh, that we've only just now been able to get back to. And that would be Blake Seven, another great, iconic British science fiction series created by Terry Nation, more famous for creating the most evil pepper pots in the universe, the Daleks for that show we normally talk about. Oh, and I just now, thought, can I just mention something? Because if people yes. want to know sort of what Blake Seven is a bit about, is if you've ever watched the show Firefly, it's very similar to that. Yes, very similar. It was actually, I was uh, just on a Firefly panel uh, yes. at uh, Con GT this this past weekend from when mm. we are recording. And uh, somebody was going, was there any kind of precursors to this show, you know, in terms of the tone and whatnot? And I was like, Blake 7. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's, you know, it is Firefly without a lot of the more obvious Western trappings. <laughs> right. In yeah. many respects. It's more, um, more outer space. I think in the extras of, of, of the making of, of Blake 7 is that they say it's like the dirty dozen in space. Yeah. Also aspects of Robin Hood and everything else. Mm. Sort of, a, I've heard reverse Star Trek used as well. Uh, mm. But if you're looking for an introduction uh, to these uh, originally, we did talk about some stuff back all the way back appropriately in episode seven um, <laughs> that could serve as very good introductions to this. Uh, so if you haven't heard episode seven, maybe stop what you're doing, uh, go listen to the stuff we reviewed in that, listen to that episode, and then come back to this episode. Mm. But in that episode, That's not a bit complicated. Say in that episode, we reviewed a full cast audio drama, didn't, did we not? Yes, uh, we uh, we also we did Liberator Chronicles Volume One yeah. and we did Warship. Oh, okay. I forgot that we did the Chronicles. Okay. Yes. I remember doing Warship. Yeah, we did them. Trust me, I went back and listened to a chunk of the episode the other day. Yeah. We definitely did them. Okay. I know we did the I know we did the first box set, but I don't remember doing Warship. We did do Warship. Oh, I must have to listen to Warship again. I've <laughs> so many times I I can't seem to remember it. <laughs> it's a good story. Um, yeah. very good story. But anyways. Uh, so today we're going to be looking at the Liberator Chronicles, uh, Volume 5, as a matter of fact. These are three stories set during the show's second season, known as Series B to some, Series 2 to others. I don't even want to know what other people call it. Uh, but these are three <laughs> stories, Logic by Simon Gurrier, Risk Management by Una McCormick, and three by James Goss. That ship is the Liberator. You may have heard of it. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. It was one of Space Command's more humbling episodes. More than that, it was a dirty war. You are Kerr Avon, aren't you? Who told you? Your face is all over the feeds. You and the rest of Blake's people. I'm Jenna. You're with Avon? In his dreams. I can easily shoot you again. I am honoured, Supreme Commander. I much prefer Serverland. I'm hardly a baby-eating monster, am I? Oh, not at all. I'm glad you don't think that. What's happening is your fault. 
Are you proud of what you've done? I was trying to be nice, which doesn't come easily. Blake 7, The Liberator Chronicles, Volume 5. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. The stories, uh, the three stories we mentioned are set during the show's second season. Uh, so we're actually sort of in between the, the Blake 7 stuff we reviewed previously, which was the Liberator Chronicles Volume 1, which were all set during the show's first season, and Warship, which was actually the bridge between seasons 2 and 3, apparently. Uh, the box set opens with a story by Simon Gurrier, who's a writer we tend to praise quite a bit here on the podcast. Uh, listen to our Sarah Kingdom episode, uh, where uh, episode 21 where we talked about uh, Three Companion Chronicles he wrote. And lo- he wrote Logic, which is the opening story from this box set, which is a very interesting piece of work. It's interesting for a Blake 7 story because it's actually set on Earth in sort of the future of the Federation and all that, which as far as I can tell from what admittedly little I have seen the TV series, uh, isn't something they really explored a whole lot in the show. Robert, you're far more familiar with Blake 7 yeah, they didn't. Have, they didn't have much um, really set on Earth. Only really uh, when Blake escapes from the dome at the the beginning, the first episodes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they, back, all they just show is is other planets basically them visiting other planets. Hmm. So. And I, I will say that part of the reason why we're doing this box set, because I think when we recorded our Dark Eyes three episode, I was saying we will explain why we have skipped volumes two through four and gone straight to five. The part of the reason why we've done that is that when I was, after we reviewed those uh, releases last year, I went on the Blake 7 Horizon Forum, uh, which is a very good place if you're interested in Blake 7 to go. If you're a Blake 7 fan, if you're not a member, go join it. And sort of said, I have listened to Liberator Chronicles Volume 1 and I've listened to Warship. Where do I go now? Especially since you know the TV series here in the United States is still not readily available. And I was given a list of recommendations, but one of the first things I had recommended to me was this particular box set, because, as somebody put it, it's a very good exercise in world building. Oh, yes. And I think that's, yeah, and I think that's why we decided we would go ahead and do this. And logic in its own right <laughs> is a wonderful exercise in doing that. And can because I just... Because we see... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. I was going to say something about logic is that it really goes back to the first episode, as I say, with Blake in the Dome and his trial and all, all that went on. And it sort of really builds up again, I reiterate that uh, what kind of world Blake was living in. And when they talk about, you know, um, the food and, and the water being, um, you know, medicated so that it keeps the population under control, which very much goes back to, you know, and they talk about life in the dome and things like that. And it's very yeah. much talked about in logic so it very much captures that universe very well i thought yeah and it, it's something that's very rare i think for e- even most science fiction shows to do which is what is it like to be a in inverted commas normal average person living <laughs> in this kind of universe mm. and we get this through the eyes of a character named i believe it's pronounced paul though it's spelt pool uh, on the big finish website played by none other than Louise Jameson, uh, better known to Doctor Who fans for playing Leela alongside the fourth Doctor and all of her work with Big Finish. And something we've talked about before in reviewing her work with Big Finish is the fact that you get an opportunity to see her play something more than that character. Yeah. And by God, she gets to do that here. 
Yep. I've seen people arrested. Only a few days ago, a woman and her children were frog-marched away. She was scrawny, young, perhaps not even 20. Her torn and dirty overalls were in the colours of a lowly-grade queue. The children looked unwashed and hungry. When one of them wouldn't stop crying, it was hit by a trooper. And I turned away. Got on with whatever it was I'd been doing, as did everyone else. Wishing we were still drugged by the drinking water so we wouldn't have to feel guilty. I told myself that yes, these grade cues deserved it. No. It's more subtle than that. I didn't think the child deserved to be hit by a trooper. You can dehumanise people, separate them from us. But a child is still a child. What I did in my head was worse. Yes, hitting a child was abominable. But, I told myself, troopers were only hard with them, with us, because they had to be. I pitied the trooper. Having to clean up after the rest of us, when we were all guilty of something. And at least now those hungry children would be fed. Wouldn't they? One thing that I do love about the Chronicles versus the full cast audio dramas with Blake Seven is that although the the full cast audios are great adventure stories, you don't get a lot of depth with the characters. Whereas yes. in these Liberator Chronicles, you do go in depth. Um, you get motivations, you get their thoughts, you get much fuller development. Yeah. People. And the writing is more creative. And that's yes. here with logic um, because you are, in essence, hearing a story over and over again. Because Louise Jameson, as she recovers her memories of a situation that she goes through, as she remembers more, we get the story all over again, but now with new insights. You can't do that with an audio drama. But yeah. with mm-hmm. something like this, so creatively written, as yeah. she keeps going over her memories, and as we learn more and more about her world, about what actually happened in the uh, situation that uh, she's being led to go through, as you say, it's it's uh, universe building. It's it's finding out more and more about her situation um, and that, and it's very engaging, very much so. It's a fantastic piece of dystopian drama, is what it yes. is, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you know, listening to it this most recent time, I was put in the mind of things like Brave New World, 1984, all that. Yes. What is it like true, true, true. to live yeah. in a totalitarian regime? What is it like to be, once again, inverted commas, normal average person mm-hmm. in this kind of society, in this kind of world? Mm. Um, and I think that Simon Gurrier did a very good job in sort of capturing that. Um, and also, there's there's little details that she talks about. There's a memory she has of, I think, of watching a a woman and her kid basically being taken by these mm. faceless Federation troopers. Mm. And just the way that she talks about it, the way that he writes about it, and it's the sense that you want to say something, but you can't, because you don't want to stir up trouble yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just a, it's just, it, you know, as you were talking about in the full cast dramas, you can't really do that kind of detail. Right. But because you can get inside people's heads and you can see what they're thinking, or you, you can hear what they're thinking, mm-hmm. you can do that kind of thing. Yeah. And some of her memories that sound one way when she first 
stirs them up and even repeatedly as, as they're stirred up gradually change and then things that seem innocent at first become threatening mm. or she remembers mm. them uh yeah I, I just love each retelling of her <laughs> of her memories yes and yeah what i also liked is that you don't miss uh not having a full crew uh full cast don't you um no. it, it they build such a convincing you, you sort of understand what's going on and and you can picture it in your mind where you don't need to have a a whole cast of characters you, you get it yeah. from a few the interesting thing is is that you know you're you're talking about the fact that it's not a full cast drama it feels like a full cast drama because yes yeah you know because most of these chronicles uh be they the liberator chronicles here from Blake seven or the doctor and companion chronicles you get two actors or maybe three top mm. this one you've got four different actors in the thing you've got louise jameson playing paul Paul Darrow's playing Avon, Sally Navette as Jenna, and of course Jacqueline Pierce cameos mm. as Serverland mm. and a couple of different places in it. So it has the feeling of being a full cast drama mm-hmm. rather than just being, you know, this is a story and I'm telling you kind of thing, which is what you get, I think, with a lot of the chronicles. Right. And mm-hmm. even we are experiencing those other characters through this main character's eyes and emotions. So Paul Darrow as Avon comes across as threatening. Um, yes, especially <laughs> when he first appears. Yes. And, and anyone familiar with Blake Seven knows that he always walks the line between mm. uh, threatening and the savior, you know, so. Yeah, he, he is the classic anti-hero in many respects. Really, so her view of him, how she experiences him is very mm. good. Also with Jacqueline Pierce's Serverland, oh, you know, her, her performance, as brief as it is, also, you see through uh, the uh, Paul's character's eyes as someone to look up to, to honor, yes. to try to please, you know, which Emulator. you know the character certainly. <laughs> mm. Oh, and just the ending of this one, which I, I can hear Mary getting ready to go. Don't spoil it. <laughs> Don't spoil it. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a good and surprising and, and ending. Yeah. Yeah, it is a very good ending. And, I, you know, I think That's, just on its own. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think just on its own, this story, I think, is, is this story on its own, regardless of the other two. Yes. This is the story that makes this box set worth purchasing. Uh, well, I, I would disagree. I think it's pretty equal with the last one. Yes, which we'll we'll talk about here in a minute, because the last one is, oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Should we actually skip ahead and talk about that one? It's, uh, yeah. Can I just can I just finish saying something about logic? Yeah, is it, if anybody's familiar with the show and um, there's an episode where um, Blake meets up with somebody who he thought was dead, uh, Anna Grant, and um, she was somebody who appeared to be different, somebody, you know, there was something going on behind her rather than what Avon first saw. And I sort of got that vibe with this episode. Uh, so if anybody's familiar with the show there, sort of understand that as well because the uh, pole character is like that as well very um not what she initially seems she's not really that ordinary person who uh there's nothing special about her right so yeah you've got that vibe so very much along the lines of the blake seven universe even though she does repeat that phrase at the beginning of each of her memory recalls about it ordinary i wasn't important 
you know, she turns out to be pretty critical. <laughs> yeah, and yes. you find out why she's been, why she is thinking that, why she's yeah. saying that. Uh-huh. Also saying, when, when she does repeat that line, it sort of takes on more meaning towards the end as she says it. Yes. Because it's not really so convincing, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. very, very, very good. Mm. We've already, you've already mentioned three, Mary. So I, I think yes. let, let's, let's skip ahead a bit and let's talk about three. <laughs> yes, one of my favorites of this box set, yes. Well, they yes. don't have to be listened to in any order, these ones, really. Yeah, so, that's um, true, because this is this mm. is not a connected set in the, no. in the style of, say, uh, volume three, which is the Armageddon Storm, which we really should get around to reviewing at some point. Mm. Um but you can listen to these in any order. We're just I, we're just going by them by I guess the way they're listed in the box set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I I hadn't thought about that when I said that, Mary. But you're right. Three is I think just as equal is is the is the equal of logic. Oh, quite easily. Yes. This is written by uh, James Goss, who I think we've talked about before. He's always dependable. Yes, he seems to be a very dependable writer. And mm. I, you know, we've gone. It, the funny thing is, this one really is a full cast drama, though it's a two-hander. It's literally mm. it's just the two of them. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, we were just talking a couple episodes ago about the Masters of Luxor, and we were praising. Uh, is it Joseph Kloska? I believe I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Yes, yes, you are. Uh, who's in this as well, okay. playing the journalist Colin, was in that story uh, as well. And what the setup of this story is, uh, to kind of go by even what Big Finish say on their own website, is that. Cullen, who's this sort of this renowned journalist, very well known, manages to get an interview with Servalan and sort of makes itself the champion of finding the truth. Yes. Mm -hmm. What a mistake. Yes. Especially. I like the way it says on the website, it will be the greatest mistake of his life. Oh, does it? Okay. It does. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Once you know Servalan, you know, the more you probe her, the the more the snakes come mm. out of the basket, you know? <laughs> I don't see why it's important, but it's another aspect missing from your official biography. And the idea interests me. Your family. I'd love to speak to them. To find out if they're jealous of my success. To know how they feel about you. To have a sister in Space Command is one thing, but to have her supreme commander... You see, we call it, forgive me... The human interest angle. Oh, that. I've never found humanity particularly interesting. Useful, perhaps. That's something of a sweeping statement. Isn't it? It's clever and not entirely true. There have been one or two unique exceptions. Such as? Perhaps you would care to investigate and find out. One thing at a time. There remains the matter of your family. Oh, Colin, you're like a bloodhound. Relentless. You are determined to discover the real me. Yeah, and that's what makes fat listening to this so fascinating. Yeah. Is you're sitting there? I've I've heard this three times now, and I will never forget the first it's time I listened to it. Is considering your name is three. That is true. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that was also partly because we, we the the episode kept being put off, and by the time we got around to recording it, I felt like I needed to listen to it again. But bring um, the word three. Three is a key word throughout yes. the story. Especially for Servaland. She's the one who keeps bringing it up and noting that it plays a big part in everything that they're saying. Yes. Yes. And it takes on a very increasingly uh, big significance as the story goes Mm. along. Yeah. And it manipulates your emotions because of one minute you think Servaland is being honest, open, and even a little emotional. 
finesse knitted. She's this cool, calculating manipulator. I mean, it just it takes you on a on an emotional ride. Yeah, that's what I was. Can I that's give an example was... of that? You know, when when she's talking, goes out into the garden, and mm -hmm. you know, saying, "Isn't this nice?" You know, and says, "But you know, it's all artificial." It's, and I think that just illustrates like here, isn't it? Is, she's challenging his love of the truth. Yes. He yes. Comments on how, oh, this is so beautiful. This is so natural, and she says. Mm. Not really natural. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's what uh, I that's what I was uh, was trying to say a second ago before we went off on the whole tangent about three was that you know I'll never forget the first time I listened to it that it, as you say it's an emotional roller coaster. You spend a lot of the story thinking, um, why is Servaland sitting here? She's being honest. She's being very open. And by the end of it, you don't know what to believe that you've yeah. just spent seventy minutes or so listening to. It's an hour. This is an hour. Oh, it's, a, it, it's an hour? Yeah. I it was slightly longer than that. Well, no, hour and what, three minutes or something? It's it's just a little over an hour. Okay. I was thinking 70 minutes for some reason. But, you know, it, it is one of those things. By the time you get to the end of it, and I've heard it three times now, mm -hmm. I still don't know what to believe yeah. having heard it. And what? How much of it is true? Yeah. How much of it is just manipulation? Right. Because Jacqueline Pierce plays Servaland so magnificently that she she just takes a hold of you and takes you on this little <laughs> vocal trip. <laughs> yes. But one thing that I will say, having known uh, Jacqueline Pierce from the original Blake Seven, is that it's a shame that you can hear the age in her voice, even though she plays very well. I. It doesn't come across. I, th I think she's not as forceful as she used to be when she was younger, which I think is such a shame. But I guess that's only if you know her as, say, as well as well, I she, This is one of those stories she does not need to be loud and shouting. She can be sitting there no. using a normal tone of yes. voice and can, you know, rip your heart out. Right. And yes. there's no need to believe that she has to be the young Servaland. Yeah. She could have been the Supreme Commander for a very long time. Oh, except mm. this is supposed to be set during the second season, but we're yes. we're, we're arguing, <laughs> arguing semi jokes here. Yeah, we are. Uh, they get but, the same with, with Gareth Thomas as well. The yeah, his we we talked, which we talked about when we reviewed yeah. uh, Liberator Chronicles and Warship Volume One, mm. and we talked about all that in Gareth Thomas's voice. Mm. Yeah, and once again, here here mm. is another situation that could not possibly exist in an audio drama, because yeah, this is so it. artfully written these monologues are mm. you know that go on and on but you don't realize that you're listening to a long monologue because and that there's only two people as well right <laughs> yeah i think it would be boring wouldn't it yeah well the, yeah. the two yeah the two-hander is, is an old standard of, of both uh, theater and radio drama because yes. it gives you the opportunity yeah. you, you get two characters essentially sitting down having a conversation with one another mm-hmm but it, you, you couldn't do it in one of the full cast dramas. There wouldn't. I don't think there's story for it in a full cast drama because you need to figure out how do you work the rest of the, yeah. the library crew in this. And the fact is, the library crew has nothing to do with this story. This is a mm. wonderful little sidestep in a way into the rest of the out of the rest of the Blake Seven universe. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also is, carries on what you were saying with the first one. You got that universe building stuff when it talks about other planets, other events, and you get a good sense of of, uh, you know, this type of universe that they're living in. Right. And this, the character of Servalan, I don't know if the stories she tells are real, 
but in my heart, I'm choosing to believe that they are real because they do yeah, help exactly. me see how her character um, has developed, um, mm -hmm. how she has become this ruthless person. I mean, she's had some pretty mm -hmm. catastrophic things happen to her in her life, leaving her as alone as she says she is. Um, you know, so, but again, you know, this is Serverland talking. So is she telling a, a true story <laughs> or is she just leading us along? Or, ha or has James Goss as the writer managed to do what Serverland does to call in this and manipulate and manipulate us all who are listening? Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Have we all, have we been manipulated as well as sitting here reviewing it? <laughs> I'm feeling sorry for her, you know? So the character lives outside of the audio. That's right. <laughs> that's a bit frightening. Yeah. Well, that just speaks to how good the story is and how good the writing is and how good the performances mm. are. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're, we're still sitting here debating it. And, you know, three listenings later, I still don't know how much of it's true and how much yeah. it's <laughs> oh man! But, but no matter what's true, you, you get the feeling that she is one nasty piece of work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And this, yeah, and whatever may have happened to her, I, her actions both in in the series and here, I still don't think are in any ways defensible. Yeah, I'm not going to learn to love someone who can starve an entire planet to death. <laughs> yeah. No. And and uh, I guess when you uh, if you've watched the tv series you know that um blake and um Servalan get it on one episode and when you think of how could someone so against what the what's the name are for the federation and then yeah. her as supreme commander why how could you feel anything for her mm. you know what she's done so mm. But it's just the story three is just a wonderful examination, I guess, of, of the anatomy of evil, I think is the phrase. Yes. Yeah. You I know. think that sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Still don't know, as I said, don't know how much of it to actually believe, but it, it is a fascinating hour or so's listening. For me, I think that there's only, if there's a disappointment in this box set, it's risk management, which I it's think it's very only standard. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think the only reason it's so it, it's disappointing is that it's a fairly standard story in the middle of a non-standard box set, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because you know you have these two sort of world-building stories, these two exceptional pieces in their own right, mm. but sandwiched between them is this. <sighs> Blake. It's... Don't say it. But the truth was that there was only one word for it. Beautiful. Oh, not the overblown luxury that that appalling hotel was drenched, but something much more subtle and restrained, something much more exquisite. There was a silver necklace set with seven small Galveston crystals, a bracelet set with three more, and a ring. That ring, the centerpiece of the collection, a crystal as big as your fist. Yes, I'd seen it in the hollow pics that the Sutskari Council had sent to me, but the thing itself. The crystal on that ring alone would surely make enough at auction to feed the whole planet for a year. Sold as a set with the necklace and the bracelet, the money would buy a future for the people of Sutskar. And... 
if the bidding went high enough. Well, risk management does world building also, but it does it based on a very familiar model. You know, every yes. planet seems to have, you know, like a Hong Kong, you know, or a place, you know, where mm -hmm. all kinds of high class deals can happen and where there's also a lot of crime, but it's all under the table. And, you know, it includes jewel heists and, you know, all these things that are already <clears throat> very familiar tropes for us. Yeah, mm. even outside of Blake 7, it's all familiar. Yeah. That's what yeah. I mean. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's a story told within uh, an alien world, but it's situations that we're already very, if not overly familiar with in, in our popular media. Yeah. And can I ask, did you guys have any problem with, say, for example, my problem was, is that I felt that this was more of a, a story for Villa uh, and what he would be good at he because he's the the con artist the um uh, thief and um i thought that would be more suited to him and i know there's a throw throwaway line that you know we wouldn't let villa on this because of um he'd get carried away or, or whatever you know yeah so, well, they um, that more than just that once you know why villa was not included but but you're right i too wondered you know he would be the one you'd want to have. sing taylor made for villa I right <laughs> Right. I mean, I mean, this this story, I think, has it goes back to the this is, you know, they are telling you the story. Yeah. And I think part of my issue with it as well, and I think it because it comes in a box set, which essentially has two stories that have a full cast drama feel to it. Mm -hmm. And in one case, it's a two hander. So, of course, it's full cast technically. This one is very much back to the semi audiobook formatting. Yeah. Really? It's a bit felt, clumsy. A bit clumsy. This one felt more full cast audio. This one would have been a good full cast audio, I think, because yeah, everyone's, you know, because so much of it's being related is, you know, somebody else is off to, off somewhere doing something else. And when they say, know, I went here and, and met in, in the cave or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, Gareth Thomas is essentially narrating the story with occasional mm -hmm. input from Sally Navette. But this one feels like it, it had enough story to go to a, a full cast drama, well, but it's been sort of condensed into this. To me, this one felt very full cast audio. I, I didn't get the feeling that I was missing out on that. I mean, because there were background voices. Um, there, There's that voice of the, I don't know, the intercom, <laughs> always telling them how wonderful the planet is. Yes. They want yes. <laughs> it was the same whenever they arrived somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to me, and and again, you know, it might just be that they did a good job of building another you world. Hope that you have a beautiful time. Yeah, <laughs> this one felt more full cast audio to me than the other two. Mm. I don't know. I mean, Garrett Thomas is basically doing all the narrating and all the other voices and whatnot in it. He may, yeah. but it felt yeah. that way. No, I, yeah, I, I'm more of the hard to agree with uh, um, Matthew that um, it would have been better with a full cast. Um, so I reckon it just seemed a bit clumsy compared when you, the storytelling and the other two ones, they, they sort of did it in a way that it feels forecast. I didn't feel this so much because Blake was saying, I decided to go here and do this and rather than actually going there and doing it. Better. Yes. Okay. It, it seemed to be managed a bit better in the other two. Yeah. I think the only reason, the only reason I'm so down on it is that, as I said, it's, it is the one unexceptional story in an exceptional box. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but it stands out yeah. like a sore thumb to yeah. me. See, and yes. I agree. I mean, I, I did not like it as much, but I, you're putting it down way more than I felt. Um, I still enjoyed the story, even though it was. Oh uh, yeah, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, a fairly you know c common story. You know, you've got your your gambling situation. You've got your luxury place where all that can happen. <laughs> And, mm -hmm. you know, as soon as they bring out, you know, the jewels, I knew immediately, okay, you know, they're going to get stolen or they're going to, you know, replaced yes. with stakes or, you know, it was, it was even, predictable and all that, but I, it still was well made. So I, yeah, know, yeah, I so I that, yeah. put it down too much. Yeah, well, don't get me, I mean, I'm not trying to put it down that much. I'm trying to put it down that much. But it does sound no. like a car. It sounds, oh, this is the sore thumb. Oh, this is the, you know, this is the. Well, it, it's the sore it does thumb. Stick out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it, if it had been in any other one of the Liberator Chronicles box set, we would say it's, a, it's an average Blake 7 story. Yeah. yeah. And it is an average Blake 7 it story. It is average. It's not terrible. It's just average. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah but yeah, it's, it's not, not average. But it, <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible. It's average. It's in a box set with two exceptional stories. Uh-huh. So it just feels like a, that bit of a come down. I mean, yeah, well, sort of make a point. If you give logic a three or five out of five, this would be like a three. Okay. Yes. You know, but I mean, yeah, there's yeah. other box sets that are like that too. You know, you're, you're going to yeah. get, you're going to get the average with the exceptional. Yes. That's true. Yeah. But I think the problem is it just highlights how average something is when you have, when it's sandwiched literally in this case. Yeah. Between two fantastic pieces as logic and three are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, yeah, but it's still well made. I did not find it to be, you know, clunky or unbelievable or or anything like that. It, it's a story, you know, as we're saying, it's average. But you know, even with uh, when you're talking about the the sleight of hand that goes on, okay. that is something that's more some I could picture Villa doing rather than Blake. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, just a few things like that felt off for me. But, but I don't um, know if I could have bought the whole story if it had been just Villa going down. Well, I, I, yeah, you could have had Villa maybe as the other reader or something, and you know, yeah, instead of if, Sally Nevette. Yeah, it just have been yeah. Ben, right. But yeah, but if they want to keep it to a two-hander, then yeah, I would not substitute Villa for Blake. No, no. No, no, no. But, you know, but I, I do agree with Robert. It, you know, putting Villa in here instead of Jenna would have made, I think, far more oh, sense. Well, yes. I don't know, because, yeah, I, I, Jenna bothers me. The the actress is too cultured sounding for me to buy that she's part of this ragtag crew um, running the Liberator. Yeah. So she bothers me anyway. Uh, well, she didn't sound like that in the TV series, which is something we talked about yes. when, we reviewed, when we reviewed Warship. Had it been mm -hmm. Blake and Villa... I think I would have liked it better, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. But on the whole, you know, it's a it's a bloody good box set. Yes, it is. I agree. I think totally it's one of the box set so far. Yes. Mm. Um, certainly having heard at least the first five box sets, I would argue this is the best of the five. Yeah, yeah. Not to put the other ones down, uh, volume one and three are especially good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this one overall is the best between Logic and Three, and even with Risk Management being an average story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is still, I think, the best, at least of these early, these first five box sets. Mm -hmm. So if but you're a Blake you... 7 fan and you haven't heard it, mm -hmm. go get it. Yeah. You know, I, and I subscribed to the Blake 7 audio dramas, and I'm so sorry I did because I do enjoy <laughs> the Liberator Chronicles more. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But, yeah, you know, Mary, I will say, though, that risk management, because okay, not trying to put it down, uh, it 
does evoke that classic sort of Blake Seven. Yes, uh, so that's yeah. good in itself. Right. Which yeah, I enjoy like... rather than some, you know, how many years ago is it since the, the TV show? You know, we're going back to say where this is set is the late 70s. Like so it's to pick up, I yeah, so to pick up something like this so many years down the track, they've done a really good job of getting that feel right. Yeah. So mm. I yeah, think you should be commended for that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not ready to, you know, put it down too much. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah, very gosh. enjoyable. Mm. <laughs> no, yes. Go if you haven't heard it, go get it. What are you doing yep. listening to us? <laughs> <laughs> Don't send them away. Uh, we want them to listen to us. <laughs> well, I do want them to listen to us, but you know, well, it's go a away, and listen, and then come back and listen. Yes. To us. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, we haven't spoiled things too much for you. <laughs> I think if we had, Mary would have gotten on to us. That's right. So, yes. <laughs> I think we, I think we didn't um, sort of spoil things. So that's good. <laughs> All right. I think that just about wraps things up for this episode. What do you two think? Yeah, I agree. Yep. Same here. All right. Well, we'll hope you'll join us for our next episode, where we'll be returning firmly back into Doctor Who territory. We'll be looking at three stories from that wrapped up last year's uh, Big Finish main range. All featuring the Sixth Doctor, we'll be looking at the Widow's Assassin, Masters of Earth, and the Ronnie Elite. So, until next time, I guess it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. So long. Thanks for all the fish. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> uh...